Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Amen. Thanks, Sally. Thank you, guys. You can grab a seat. Um, we'll let Mike loose, and then the worship band can come back up again, all right? Good to have you, bro. Bless you. Wow. Before, actually, before you go, can you just, just continue for a moment? And just, if you can stand to your feet again. <laughs> Not quite sure what we're doing yet. But don't want a song. We just want a tone. I want you to close your eyes if you can for a moment. The Bible teaches us that when two or more of us are together in the name of the Lord, He is in the room with us. See, He's in the room with us. When he's in the room with us, it means nothing is off limits. Nothing's impossible. Nothing's too big. Nothing's too deep. Nothing's too wide. And I just want you to take a moment amongst our praise to just position your heart toward Jesus being in the room with you right now. I want you to position your heart and your mind that the healer is in this room right now. I want you to position your heart and your mind that the deliverer is in the room right now. Position your heart and your mind that the restorer, the one that fixes the things that is broken, is in this room right now. I want you to position your heart and your mind and your soul to the truth that Jesus, the victor, the winner, the champion, the overcomer of the enemy, the overcomer of darkness is in this room right now and that where there is light all darkness is dispelled where there is this hope hopelessness is taken down is put underfoot nothing is off limits Holy Spirit I just ask would you release our imagination right now to see the things of the kingdom revealed in the places on earth. If you've got a sickness in your body, wherever it is, lay your own hand on your body right now, wherever that is. Because Jesus is amongst us. So we speak to every sickness, we speak to every ailment, We speak to every condition in this room and we say, in the name of Jesus, be subject to the rule of the kingdom of God. So I speak to you directly. 
And I remind you that by the sufferings and the wounds of Jesus, you are destroyed and taken down. So in the name of Jesus, be made well right now, right here. For Jesus is amongst us. Hardened habits be broken. Be broken in Jesus' name. Some of you are struggling. You've been trying to stop smoking. And we say right now in Jesus' name that be broken. Addiction to nicotine be destroyed in Jesus' name. Identities be restored in this room. Addictions to social media to make you feel better. You know it's an addiction. We say be broken in Jesus' name. There will be a repulsion as you see these things. You'll sit tonight, some of you. You'll look at your Instagram and you will feel physically sick. Because the Lord will be like, I need you to see what I see. And for those of you that are in a place of... You just haven't got enough resources, money. You're in a place of poverty. I want you to put your hands out in front of you. Father, we just release the resource bank of heaven right now in this room. We release jobs. We release miraculous gifts of finance. We release, release homes, houses. We release the means to live well that the cup would run over in this place. And as it runs over, that the running over would come and filter into other places and other people's poverty. And that the generosity of the kingdom would flow through the generosity of the people. And we release that in this room right now. And we release it to the town. And we release it to the villages. And we release it to the city in the name of Jesus. Anyone under the age of 15, put your hands right up in the air like you just don't care. Sorry if you're over 15, you're too old for this one. Holy fire of God, come. Set them ablaze. That wherever they know, they cause kingdom mischief. Reveal light in dark places. Prophesy to the despair and the hopelessness. That when they go, the lion roars ahead of them. And the goodness and the mercies of compassion of God will run ahead of you. And when you pray, mountains will crumble. Instantly, easily. You'll be a generation. You'll just be known as Jesus arsonists. Setting the world ablaze. We release courage. We release sparks of spirit over you. We release the fuel of prayer. If you're a flag waver, put your hand in the air like you just don't care. I cannot believe I'm going to pray this. (laughs) As you wave your flags... You will cut atmospheres and open heavenly realms. Don't get too excited. As you wave your flags, you will cut the atmosphere and create heavenly spaces. Lord, forgive me. Amen. Let's sit down. 
Guys, just one little thing I meant to say. The healing rooms are on tonight, so Paul's at the back. Um, if any of you come for the healing rooms tonight, will you see Paul at the back now? Sorry, I forgot to mention that a moment ago. Thank you. I need healing for praying that prayer about flags. <laughs> um, you know, when I... Hello, how are you? So I pray for you quickly. Lord, give him far, far more than I could ever imagine or dream for myself. Amen. Okay. Yeah, come on. Right. Oh, genuinely, please don't tell anyone I prayed for flags. I'll tell you a true story before I start. So when I, um, I had to take over an interesting church, and we, we effectively destroyed it overnight and um, because we didn't know how to lead very well. But one of the things I did do is that in those days with flags, in those days, um, they were just dangerous and they were, they were terrible. And I was watching you worship today with flags. It really blew my mind. It was amazing. But these guys were terrible at it. And so one day when they were all worshipping, we hid the flags. And then as they were worshipping, I took the flags, I put them in a car, and I went and set them on fire. And, um, and, but tonight I feel humbled by the flags. And I found myself praying for them. And Al's going to announce it to the globe, to 24-7 prayer. And that is, he's actually probably right now, you toe rag, um, tweeting it. <laughs> Okay, so the interesting thing today is when we got here is uh, my bag's in another car somewhere else. And I was like, oh, Lord, my Bible's in there, my journal's in there, everything that I would normally use is in there. And, um, and I thought this will be fun then. So forgive me if I'm looking at my phone. I'm not reading Twitter or Instagram or any Netflix. I'm literally going to read you a Bible verse. And um, this is out of Ephesians 3. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes or dreams. According to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all the generations forever and ever. Amen. As we were worshipping, I was like, genuinely like, Lord, what do you want to say to this amazing group of people? And, um, and he just said, Mike, I just want to re-release everyone's imagination. And, you know, one of the things that's really interesting in the world that we live is that we um, have become frightened to use our imagination. Because when we use our imagination, people say, well, it's not fact, it's not substance. But the Lord gave us all an imagination. Who daydreams at work? Yeah, I do too. Who, who, who imagines of faraway places and sunny holidays? Yes. Who imagines their kids away to silent rooms? Yes. Who imagines they wish they never bought a dog because you have to walk it many times a day? Yes. Who imagines they win the lottery? Yes. You've got to buy a ticket to win it. Um, you know, we have imagination. And actually, no matter what goes on, the last time I looked in Scripture, I was formed by the Lord. And I had his breath breathed into me. And every fiber of what I am that is good was him. And that includes this imagination. And it's the imagination of God within us that needs to be released to believe for the bigger things of the Lord. I never, ever wanted to lead a church. Honestly, all I ever wanted to do was just work with young people because you guys are awesome. They're complicated. 
okay? And I, I never did. And we saw hundreds of young people coming to know Jesus. And we saw them just reading the Bible literally and going back to school. And they would go to their friends, hey, my Bible says that we can pray for sick people and they get well. And honestly, it's a true story. It happened in three schools. And kids your age said to their mates, if you're sick, let's come to a classroom at lunchtime. And we'll pray for you and we'll see if it works. And so some people turned up and they started to pray for their friends and they all were getting healed. So three weeks later, I was summoned into a school to see a head teacher because we had apparently caused a problem because their imagination was let loose and they believed the Bible. And when I went to the school, he said, I will show you the problem. And I walked down the corridor at lunchtime and there was a queue of young people trying to get into the classroom to get prayed for by their friends. And then because they couldn't get out, they'd climb out the window. And they were getting healed. And these young people were like, we're just going to believe what the Bible says. We're going to imagine what it looks like. And as I was standing there, I just felt the Lord say, tell Emmanuel Church, I want to release their imagination to believe for the next level of things that are to come. By the way, when the Lord reminds us these things, that means they're not far away. And yet the problem with our imagination is that our imagination takes us to some of the weird and wild and wonderful things of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a little weird and he is a little wild and he's an awful lot of wonderful. But he uses what he puts in us to then send us back out to do the things that he wants to do. And they're above and beyond. They're far and wide. A true person that follows Jesus, I just want to say this to you. Do not think you're going to have a conservative life. You are not. Seriously. We live in a world where, you know, if you offer to pray for somebody, you know, that might be seen as strange. Or say, let me tell you about the person that can change your life. I'm going to talk to you about Jesus. And people will look at you weird. But now we're living in this world where people are beginning to feel exhausted of everything else they've tried to be satisfied and complete. And they're thinking, maybe there's something in your weirdness that might change my life. And we have to begin to imagine You have to begin to imagine what the kingdom of heaven would look like right here, right now. Imagine Jesus walking into your workplace. What would that look like? Some of you are imagining Jesus with a white robe, beard and sandals walking into work and think that would look weird. No, the goodness of God. What would that look like? The conviction of the Lord in a room, what would that look like? The holiness of the Lord in a room, what would that look like? The kindness of the Lord, what would that look like? The acts of God, what would that look like? And yet this is the thing. He decided to use you and me, which is absolutely incredible. Because when I look in the mirror in the morning, I'm like, Lord, I'm absolutely confused. Why would you want to use me? Anybody feel like that? But the point is, he does want to use you. He wants to use people that make him look really, really good. When he talks about the Lord having his glory displayed to the whole world, he really does use people when they go, that can only be God. So when I started leading the church called Glow, um, this was a really interesting thing, is that everyone in the surrounding area said these three things. He's a disaster, it's going to fail, and then one pastor said that he's friends with the devil. Good, good, 
good accreditation. And so I had to kind of revisit that. And I was like, I probably will fail. Um, it might be a disaster. I'm definitely not friends with the devil. But I'm going to try. I'm going to step out. We're going to believe God for something different. We want to, as you would know this language, rewrite the story of our city. And we took our friends and we said, we're just going to believe whatever the Lord tells us to do, that's what we're going to do. And then someone said, well, what is the Lord telling us to do? And we said, well, we don't know. We should ask him. And so we began to pray, Lord, what would you do with this church? And he didn't say anything. And I didn't blame him because it was a terrible, terrible church. It was full of really crazy, weird ideas and thoughts. And then I realized, because we weren't hearing anything, I started to look at what we were. And I realized, actually, we'd made this place really strange. When I first went there, I walked in and someone tied a ribbon around my finger, which is fine. It's a ribbon. But they didn't tell me why. So I spent two hours in worship looking at my finger going, what's the ribbon for? Just weird. And then if you brought a visitor to that, that would be weird, don't you think? I remember... Oh, no, I can't tell that story. Children are here. Okay. So, ask me afterwards. Um, but I remember another guy where he actually came in and he pulled a sword out and he just started roaring and swinging his sword around. And you definitely cannot do that at the moment in the United Kingdom. And I was like looking at, but would someone explain to me why you're <laughs> waving this big sword around? And no one explained. And then some, Stella said to me, it must be worship. And I'm like, I thought you sung and did flags in worship. Not swords. I have a sword now, by the way. Um, somewhere. I don't know where it is, but it's somewhere. I remember looking at the church and going, Lord, what, what do you want your church to look like? And he was like, I want you to imagine what it should look like. And then as I started to imagine, I also started to find difficulty because I realized that um, the church that I imagined, we wouldn't embrace very easily. I imagined a church that had everyone from every walk of life. I imagined a church that has people with addictions and that have been set free and delivered. I imagined a church where there were people from brilliant, wholesome families in the most deprived, broken situations. I imagined a church where the rich and poor could sit together. I imagined a church where we could accept our differences and know how to agree to disagree. I imagined a church where no one would complain about the level of the noise on a Sunday. If you're a noise complainer, get over it. Seriously. Talk to Phil why you should get over it afterwards. I imagined a church where we were more generous than the city, even if we had nothing. I imagined a church that would believe God for miraculous things and that we would be at the heart of community. And if you took it away, parts of community would fall down. Fast forward with that imagination. We started to pray, Lord, Give us these things. Show us how to do these things. We want to believe you to do something far more, far wilder than we could imagine right now. We started to pray for bigger ideas. And, and then things started to happen. So the first thing that happened is that when I was younger, I got kicked out of the church that I became a Christian in. And I got thrown out of the church because loads and loads of young people got saved. And it disrupted the evening service. And, um, and I didn't quite know what to do with that because people would say to me, you can't have the young people here because they might steal my handbag. And my thought was, you should just keep your handbag with you anyway. That would be the solution. And it was like, no, this is bad. And then I'd have things where there were more young people coming to church on a Sunday night than adults. 
and they would be meeting in this other room, and I got told off for that. And then this guy just said to me, he said, Mike, the truth of the matter is, it's like, you know, what we're doing is more important. And I said, what are you doing? And they're like, well, we're, we're learning from the Bible. And I thought that what was we were doing. And in the end, they threw us out of the church, and they said, you, you won't fit in our environment. And I was like, you are joking. When we planted the church, I went back to the church that I was thrown out of and had gone from 500 people to 25. And I said to them, we really want to believe that God wants to do something with you bigger than we could for ourselves. So this is what we did. We emptied our bank account as a church and we poured all the money into rebuilding their building for them. And we said, we're going to build you a church complex that we'd like to share with you, but that will grow your church. And all of my friends are like, you're crazy. Why would you bless the people that threw you out? And I was like, is that not the way to use your imagination and believe for bigger things of the Lord? When we did that, this is the interesting thing. Both churches grew while we were together. And we went about our business blessing the church, blessing the community. We were reaching more young people than we'd ever done before. And it was an incredible season of just being outrageously generous and other people looking in and saying, that is crazy. And I was like, no, that is the kingdom of God. That's pure kindness. When we left, interestingly, that church began to deplete again. Don't know why. And, um, and now they, they meet in a different context. But Glow continued to grow. We then decided to go and move to a cinema. And we moved into this cinema complex. And we, the reason we did it is it put us in the middle of where everybody else would worship on a Sunday, the shopping center. And what happened was we made ourselves a decision to what would be a normal expression of the church in this environment. And we began to imagine bigger than ourselves. We, we had hosts that you could identify. We clearly explained the church being in this cinema. And sometimes you needed to do that, especially around Halloween, when you know you're coming into church and you're going past billboards with everything other than Jesus on it. But we were there explaining why we were there. And we would have people accidentally be walking into our services thinking they're going to watch Mary Poppins or something. And they'd be there with their popcorn and then suddenly the band would start. <laughs> and they'd be like, what's going on? And people were coming to faith. We just imagined a bit bigger than we were. My kids also walked in with popcorn as well, which is quite interesting. Popcorn and church goes down really well. Sometimes they went into other cinema screens and watched films because they were bored of their dad. It's true. We began to imagine more. We began to imagine what would happen if we built a complex within the middle of three towns. And we had the audacity to say we're going to build a city within the city. We had no money. We had no expertise. We had no idea. And then finally, we find ourselves in this situation where we had this little storage lockup with loads of event equipment in it. And the guy that owned the land said, come and have a look at this other part of my complex. And we saw, we looked at these offices and he said, you can have them, like rent them from me. And I just said to him, like, we haven't really got any money, to be honest. And he said, well, whatever it is you've got, you can, you can have it for that. And it was like half the market value. And then I said to him, but if we were to move in, you'd have to build us some things as well. And he says, whatever you want. And he builds this thing and we move in. And as we're moving in and we're building desks, I don't like, I get bored easily. So I then wandered off into another part of his complex, this huge warehouse. And, um, and I'm wandering around looking at stuff. And in there was like a Rolls Royce, a Mercedes Benz, a crane, and Iranian furniture. That's what you get in a warehouse like that. 
and, and the button to control the crane, which was amazing. And I was wandering around, playing with the crane, and then I was looking at it thinking, oh, maybe, maybe we should rent this space and just do some worship in here and see what God does. Maybe we should get delirious if you would know who they were in. We'll have some fun. And then my friend turns around to me and they say, that's not really what you're imagining, is it? And I was like, I wonder what would happen if we took it on. And bearing in mind, we had no money. And so then I go back to my trustees, and they, they are incredibly kind and brave. And I just said to them, why don't we just take on the whole thing? And they said, well, reason number one is we don't have any money. Reason number two, we don't have any money. Reason number three, you are just crazy. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We should imagine what the kingdom of God could look like here. So we called the church together and we just said, we think we should take the whole thing on and it will cost us everything. We'll empty our bank accounts. We'll be taking out loans. It will, it will cost us everything. But what would happen if we built a city within the city that was all about Jesus? So we did it. And we built this complex that has like a healthy living center in there. There's counseling centers in there. There's food banks. There's all the stuff that you guys do so, so well. And then as we were building this, the council came to see me. And we had no idea about this part. And they just said, we, we really recognize what you're doing. I said, but did you know we're actually going to build 5,000 houses next to you? And I was like, could you imagine? That's 20,000 people. And no church in it at all. And we realized we had to start to learn about the things that we would imagine and dream and apply faith to it. And at the same time, we were seeing phenomenal supernatural encounters of people getting healed and saved, radically restored. But what was key was that we began to believe God for the much, much bigger things that were way, way, way beyond our imagination. And this is what I feel the Lord wants to say to you. It's time to use your imagination. This is not it. This is great. And for the average church, they would be thrilled to stay in the space that you are in right now. But I just want to say this. You are the church and you are not average. Turn around to the person next to you and say, you are not average. No, just say you are not average. Don't start sorting out date night. <laughs> the thing is, we have to make plans and we have to dream in ways where we leave room that only God can fill. Quincy Jones, some of you would know, famous music producer, but there was this question about, you know, how comes your music is so good? And he says, I always leave 30% for the Lord to fill. And we need to make plans that the Lord has to fill. We need to set budgets that the Lord can only create and supply. We need to go after dreams and heavenly ambitions that is left with the statement, only God. My, my life honestly is like that, where genuinely people just go, only God. There's no way you, you could have done that. I'll tell you this little story of imagination about a bus. So um, I, I met, we, had, uh, we had this idea of like having a bus and turning it into a youth centre and taking it onto estates and all of that. But where this came from was from our very first ever 24-7 prayer room. 
and we were all praying. We had this fantastic week of prayer. We set the prayer room on fire twice. We, uh, it was in a brand new Anglican building, and so explain that to the vicar. And then actually on the last night we were praying, there was a 14-year-old guy called Matthew goes into the prayer room, and it was in the days where we would man the prayer rooms all the time. And as he starts praying, he puts on the song, Did You Feel the Mountains Tremble? A full blast, and I'm underneath this room. And you could hear the song, and we're like, oh, yeah, this is great. And then the building began to shake, and it cracked all the ceilings in this brand new Anglican church. Now, just to show that I'm not lying, this is Mark, who's there. He's a stunning worship leader at Glow. And um, Mark, am I lying? No. I wish I was, because in the morning, the vicar comes into his newly damaged church, and he's looking around, and he's like, what happened? And you try explaining to a vicar, Jesus came. It's really complicated. And I went, the Lord came. And he went, clearly. And I said, genuinely. And I told him the story, and he was like, okay. And then that night, about 200 people gathered to worship that had been praying through the week. And we're all like violently worshipping and we're all like high on Jesus. It's brilliant. And then I just felt this burden and I shout out, Lord, give us a van, any old van. We're going to take the prayer room to the streets. And this guy stands up and he goes, I've got a coach. And I just went, we've got a coach. And everyone's like, yeah, we got a coach. And my wife's going, shh, no, no, no. No idea what you do with a coach. And then this guy comes over and he says this. He says, uh, you can pick it up in the morning. You need to use your imagination. So I drive to this coach. Who remembers the first edition of the Italian job film? Yes. It was one of those. It was amazing. It had crash gearbox, no power steering, death box on wheels. And, um, and he gave us this coach and we cable tied it back together. We built a prayer room in it and we drove it around the estates and had thousands of people pray in this bus over a summer. And then the bus blew up. And so we, we kind of got it repaired, but we thought we need to get rid of this bus. And so I gave it to my best mate. <laughs> I blessed him with it. But then this man comes to see me and he says, um, he says, we have a bus. I said, that's amazing. I said, so did we. And he goes, no, 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 no. He said, you could have our bus. You could buy it from us. And I said, that's amazing too, but I've got no money. And he said, how much money have you got? And I went, I've got a thousand pounds. That's it. And he went, okay. He said, go to the auction place tell, and have a look around and put a bid in it and see if you get it. So I just used my imagination to think, I, I imagined that was a done deal. So I go down to the auction place, and this bus was a double-decker. It was brilliant, and you can't go through low bridges in it, as we learned. And, um, and we go in there twice, and we go into this place, and I look around this bus, and it's all fitted out. And I go to this lady, and my imagination's gone. It's like, this bus is already ours. And I go to this lady, who clearly didn't know Jesus, and I said, we want to buy the bus. And the lady says, well, it's already been sold to another church. And, um, and she said, and how much money have you got anyway? And I said, I've got a thousand pounds. And she said, well, they paid three. And then I just imagined this. I just imagined the Lord has brought us here. So I'm just going to imagine what happens if I put him in this room. So I said to her, in Star Wars, there's a moment where Obi-Wan Kenobi um, does this thing with the stormtroopers, like, you will let us pass. And I stood there with my friend Andy, and I went, you will sell us the bus. I actually did that. 
And Andy's sort of looking at me going, what are you doing? And she said, I will not. <laughs> so, so I went, I'm not giving up. This is like the Lord is on my side. I kind of forgot I was fighting with another church's dream for the bus. Because clearly they were in sin because we did get it. And I, and I went, I did this again. I went, you will phone them. And then she went, I will not. <laughs> and then I went, you will phone the owner and say, Mike Andrea is offering a thousand pounds. And she looked at me and she went, I'm going to lunch, then I will phone them and shut the door. So I was like, okay. So we went off for lunch, came back, knocked on the door. She was a bit grumpy, to be fair. And then and I, as she opened the door, I was ready to do my, you will sell us the bus. And she was white as a sheet. And she said, sold to you. You will get the bus. <laughs> and, um, and the church that didn't get it was Kingsgate Church in Eastbourne. And I was like, you didn't get the bus. <laughs> I'm sure they got a better one because they're really minted. Um, anyway, sorry. Sorry, Lord. Um, so then what happens is, is we get this bus, we fit it out. And again, it has thousands of young people go through it. It drove through two bridges that were too low. And we had to back it out and and all of that and um, we crashed it into a BMW but the Lord's work was done in it many many times and then um, and then guess what we, we blow that one up and we get rid of that and uh, and then we get another one and um, and that one's it's actually quite average to be honest it's so low you can't crash it into anything which is a bit disappointing but my point is forgive my floundering is we just imagined what the Lord would do I'm going to fast forward to another one. So I sit in, a, in the church. These people with suits come in that we call suits. And, um, and they sit down and they have this conversation with me about all kinds of things in the area. And then they said this. They said, what would happen if you got involved in homelessness? Bearing in mind, we did nothing with the homeless. Like We gave people resources and helped them, but we were rubbish at helping the homeless. And, um, and I just said, I don't know. And I said, explain to me the problem. And our, our homelessness had increased by 600% in seven weeks. And I was like, that's, that's really, really interesting. And as I sat there, my imagination began to go a little bit wild. And I said, Mike... What would you do if you got involved? And the reason I ask this question is that they realize that we do dream, what would the kingdom of God look like if we were tackling a problem or a situation? And I just told them the gospel. And so I said, I would do the gospel for the homeless. And I said, there's a story behind every story that's broken. There's a story that of right now, how we're with them, but there's a better story for them in the future and that God can fix their lives. And they said, they looked at me and they went quiet. And then they said, how much? And I was like, I, didn't, I don't know. And I just said, I don't know, 20 grand. I'll put 20 grand in. We'll see what happens. By the way, I didn't have 20 grand. So as it came out, I was like, Lord, you better sort this out. And then they went away. They phoned back in an hour and they said, done. So I had, I had an afternoon to find 20,000 pounds. And so I phoned a friend and I just said, like, who wants to be a millionaire? Just phoned a friend. And I said, you're rich. <laughs> I'm not. Give us 20 grand. You will give me 20 grand. And, and the guy just said, what for? And I explained what it was. He said, how can I not? And I was like, thank you, Jesus. So we matched this 20,000. And then in, in basically six months, 
we reduced rough sleeping. That means people were in a home by 85%. But can I use the word when I say we? What we did is we took the gospel to everybody and 85% responded to the story and the kindness and the grace of God. And they found home. They found restoration. Some of them found a full-on relationship with Jesus. Some of them have got awards because they've come back and served the homeless themselves. But the point is, where did it begin? Imagination. Imagine what it would look like. And the Lord wants to release your imagination, not Phil's, not Alan's, not the team's, yours. Their job is to deal with heavenly headaches that you create. That's the truth, though. Your job is to give them headaches. And then they're like, oh, this is awkward. We have to fix this. And they find other kingdom resource and service towards you to facilitate what you're doing in your world. Doesn't mean they pay all the bills. Doesn't mean they find you all the people. But they journey. Leadership journeys to release you. So the question I've got for you is who wants their imagination unlocked? Who wants to, but, but there's a thing with this. Is if you say, Lord, I want you to release my imagination, he's going to give you ideas. And, and there's, a, there's a bit of an arrangement there. You know, like when you say, give me something, and then the Lord gives it to you, he expects you to do something with it. Is that fair? And sometimes we can imagine it and get it wrong. I've done that as well, and it's fine. Then you go, well, that was a bad idea, after it was a good idea. But we learn, we grow, we stretch. But I just want to say this to you. And I said this the other night. You know, the nations actually have heard of your story. But this isn't the story they're going to hear. They're going to hear a better story. They're going to hear a story about you. There are some of you in this room where you're held back. because You're like, oh, but if I step into the things of God, it's going to wreck my life. Yes, it's meant to. In a good way. Can I just say, we live, what, 75, 80 years? It's a short ticket compared to eternity. We should live every day to the fullest. Why? Because when we get to glory, we're going to meet all these people that we were involved in helping them find Jesus. We're going to meet a few people that helped us find Jesus. It's, it's a short run. It doesn't long for, last forever. You know, how many of you feel like life is just passed by really quickly? I really do. I think it's my kids that did it to me. But the point is, it is fast, but you get to live in that with the things of the Lord. Let me read this verse back to you again. Maybe we can get the worship team up if that's all right. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all that we would dare ask or think infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all the generations forever and ever. Amen. This is the amplified version. And the reason I love this is because it uses the word super abundantly and it uses the word dare. And the Holy Spirit dares you to believe super abundant ideas.
he dares you to think, what if the Lord walked in the room? For some of us, we're like, I can't live like that. I'll lose my job. The Lord's your employer. For some of you, you think, I won't do that. I'll look silly. Jesus hung naked on a cross, beaten and tortured. You know, we can't pull that one out. For some of you, you'll think, I won't do that. That's an inconvenience to my life. Well, the forgiveness of your sins was quite an inconvenience to the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't actually have an excuse. I say this to my own church. It's like, guys, we've got everything to live for. We've got no reason to say no. So the Holy Spirit wants to release our imagination. And so the way we're going to do this is... um. Might get a little messy, maybe. We, um, we're literally going to respond. We're going to do it in a few little stages. If you are in education and you want the Lord to release your imagination for the education of the area, I, I want you to stand up, please. And let's not muck about Let's do it quickly so we can move on to other people. If that's you, if you're in education, you want the Lord to release your imagination, stand up. Okay, everyone say thank you to these guys because they do an amazing job, by the way. It's like, why don't you guys do your worship thing? Is that all right? That's, uh, you know, that worship thing they do and the Holy Spirit comes, it's fun. Okay, let's um, put your hands out in front of you, if that's all right, just like you want to receive something. And everyone else, just want you to reach your hands out towards these guys. We're going to release this together. I just want you to pray for those who are going to say, Lord, whatever I can imagine for me, I want you to do it for them. Just begin to pray that. Give it away. We won't take long on these, but let the Holy Spirit just begin to work in you. But we just say right now that we pray for imagination to be released in the realms of education that within this room kingdom thoughts kingdom thinkers kingdom plans kingdom resolutions for young people's lives be released in this room right now kingdom lesson plans kingdom pastoral interventions kingdom advocation for those that are about to be expelled that we stand in the gap and we say no we kingdom innovation that this church Emmanuel will create in the realms of education in the realms of mentoring coaching Rick why aren't you standing up Come on, I haven't got time for this. Kingdom innovation over coaching, mentoring, counseling, rehabilitation, engagement, social engagement, counseling engagement, church engagement. We say this over you, Rick, and every educationist in this room right now. And I really specifically feel this thing. Kingdom lesson plans that create a supernatural trajectory over young people's learning (laughs) where every other teacher said, no way. Pray over your work, teachers, educationalists, mentors, coaches, and ask for supernatural, imaginative revelation in the realm of what you're working. Okay, who wants their imagination released? Those of you that are in business, specifically business, you want your, but before you stand up, I want to elaborate on this for you. Um, When the Lord prospers you, I just want to say this to you. He prospers you. Yes, you get to benefit. But the point of expansion in business and finance is to invest in the kingdom's business and finance. Okay? 
that can look like a billion different things, but I'm just saying to you, it's not yours. It isn't. It's, it's his and he's trusting you with it. If you're in business and you have, you want your imagination to be unleashed into business realms to expand the business, gospel, kingdom, whatever you imagine it to be, I want you to stand up really quickly, please. Just be quick because I, I don't want to keep you all night. Okay, everyone say hello and thank you to these guys, what they do. Right? Okay, let's reach your hands out to them. And I want you to put your hands out like you're going to receive something from the Holy Spirit. None of this noncy stuff where we sort of cower down. You take your position as a child of God. The Lord wants to release your imagination. He wants to release innovation, entrepreneurialism. For some of you, you're in positions where your integrity will be the expansion of the kingdom. That means you'll say no to things that are unethical. And the Lord will provide new ways. So Holy Spirit, we just pray right now that you would release the imagination in business. We pray for kingdom innovation, kingdom entrepreneurialism, kingdom expansion. We pray buildings expand, businesses expand, employment expands. We pray for radical, innovative ideas that affect the shape of the city, that affect the shape of communities. We pray, Lord, that in this room, that as the innovation and the imagination of you, Lord, is imparted, that we would see a prosperity happen that overflows into the neighbourhoods and the narrative of this area. Lord, I pray the anointing of the parable of the talents over everyone standing right now, that as they take what you give and they reinvest it into your thoughts and your plans, and as you increase it, they do it again and again and again. We just reject the fear that will cause us to bury what we have. And we say every fibre of business be fully released and unlocked in Jesus' name. Those of you specifically with business and property, that the Lord release you blocks of properties for the poor and the disadvantaged. Blocks. We see entire rows of houses being bought up, renovated and reinvested into the kingdom economy of giving people a home. Giving people places to be family. I see scriptures and prayers etched into the walls. Prophecies over those living rooms that permeate with the new residents and they would come to know the Lord. Release the imagination. Okay, who's got our hankering in them for um, the supernatural? And what I mean by the supernatural, the gifts of the Spirit, healing, words of knowledge, works of miracles. If any of you have got that and you want your imagination to be released for that, I need you to stand up quickly. So if that's what you want to be happening around your life, um, you should be standing up right now. This will be fun. Will you forgive me if I'm blunt with you? You should all be standing up for that. 
you've got the Son of the living God living in you, the presence of the Lord Almighty, the guy that goes, I will come and dispel any darkness wherever you are. We should all be hankering for that, that when we pray for the sick, they will recover, that when we see the miraculous needs, that we'll see them happen through our prayers. We should be going, Lord, this is what he released at Pentecost. This is what the book of Acts is about. And now this is the book of Acts over you. And yes, it's a little weird. This is the church, and Phil, this is really important for you. This is the church that will have the same gravitas as other supernatural hotspots around the world. You need to prepare yourself and your plans and your training for those that are going to come to be imparted to, to go. This is, a, I would call it a Bethel spot. It's time, Phil. It's time to just be outrageous with your thoughts with it. It's time to release the teams. It's time to release plans. You're going to make new plans for new learning, new training. And it's time to impart what you are. As you give it away, you know this. It will be given back to you and more and more and more. And some of you business guys of buildings, some of you have been wondering about buying a hotel. Like maybe I should buy a hotel so we can have people come and stay. You need to buy hotels because people... People are going to need places to stay. Okay? Right, so if you want this supernatural grace, why don't you put your hands on each other, each other's shoulders appropriately. Some of you think, well, what have I got to give away? Can I just say this again? You have got the Holy Spirit in you, the presence of God. And so we're going to pray for each other that the Holy Spirit be released within you. In fact, the moment you had breath within you, that breath, that life source, that life is from God. There is a bit of God in everybody. And so I want you to pray for the person to your right. And I want you to say, and if you're on the end, you just pray backwards. And I want you to pray this very simple prayer. Holy Spirit, would you release all of your power, all of your acts amongst us. Just begin to pray it for each other. All of the acts, works of miracles, signs, wonders, healings. We pray for the release of the gift of the Spirit, new baptisms in tongues, prayer languages that are misunderstood here but heard in the throne room. We pray, Lord, for the works of hospitality, the administrative gifts, the apostolic footholds. We pray them into being in this place. The work of the super abundant natural Holy Spirit. Signs and wonders of walking on water, transferred to new locations supernaturally. Dreams and visions that are accurate and change destiny. We release them. In the name of Jesus, in this place. Prophecies that are so accurate, so accurate, that kings and queens, rulers and authorities will come for your counsel. Words of knowledge that will set the most corrupt path straight be released in this room. Courage to step out be released in this room. The roar of a lion rise up in the people in this room. The standing of royalty rise up in this room. Opposers of darkness, champions of light rise up in this room.
And we're going to do one last one, Ovi. If you are under 21, I just want you to come down here really quickly. So if you are under 21, that's it, quickly come. Do not pretend to be under 21, Alan. Why have you all sat down? Okay, now guys, I want you to face everyone else. And I want everyone over 21, if you are able to, to stand up. Take a position of prayer for these guys. And um, where's Alan's dad? Is he still here? Can you get your flag for me? Okay. I want you to reach your hands out to these guys. I'm going to come the other way so I can see all your wonderful faces. Everyone else is really ugly. In a minute, we're going to start praying for you. And as we're praying for you, Alan's dad's going to actually, he's going to literally raise his flag over you. Alan, you cannot tweet this. And um, and actually, I don't know, what's your dad's name? Alan. Such a shot. Alan, when I, um, when I shook your hand, Alan, earlier, I just felt like this little transaction. And, um, and I just felt the Holy Spirit goes, there goes a man of honor and integrity. And when you, when you do your flag thing over them, the honor and the integrity of the way that you've lived your life is going to rest on every one of these guys. And this is why it's important, because the honor and the integrity that you carry is going to change thousands upon thousands of lives. Emmanuel, young people, young people are going to come here as pilgrims to be prayed for by you. You're going to lay hands on them. You're going to impart the inheritance that you have here on them. So I want you to close your eyes for me a moment. And I want you to put your hands out like you're going to get a present from Jesus. Some of you don't feel good enough. And the Lord will say to you, I fearfully and wonderfully made you. You are more than good enough. There's a couple of you who felt like you've, oh, I sin. Join the club. The grace of the Lord forgives us and dusts us off and we continue to walk. You've got to learn to walk with your disappointments and the encouragements from the Holy Spirit. And there's a couple of you where you're like, I just know that I'm called to be an absolute powerhouse. And the Lord says, I gave you that thought. So we're going to pray for you. The whole church is lifting their hands over you right now. You are a powerhouse. So here we go. Wave away, Alan. Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would go beyond our wildest imagination and dreams for ourselves, for this generation. Would you come and just impart, Lord, honor and integrity? Would you come and baptize with fire? Would you bring new prayers and new intercessions? Would you bring groanings and utterances of prayer? For the generations, not just a generation, that these young people become firebrands in this town. 
that where they walk, they would literally radiate and illuminate in the spaces that they stand. Lord, I pray they become gravity to the lost and the broken. And that as they come, they find themselves getting healed and restored by this generation. God, would you bring young people to catch what they carry? We pray new songs, new sounds, new rhythms, new revelations. Lord, we pray a generation that yes, they are that army, that they're not bones, they're an army. And as they speak and as they behave, darkness shifts out the way. Lord, we say your kingdom come, your will be done. Lord, that their voice will be heard and echo through eternity. The generation that stood in this town, that stood in this place, and as they took their place, you, the Lord, went before them. And I want you to have this one imagination when you leave here tonight, that as you walk out, the Lord Himself walks in front of you and He is shouting out His name and He's going, here come my kids. You get out of the way and whatever stands in front of you will fall because the Lord is ahead of you. Dare to be brave. Dare to be wild. Dare to be radical. Be kingdom misfits for now. Because the Lord is ahead of you. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.